Hello, and welcome to a very, very special episode of Love at First Contact. Now, we don't normally do these kind of episodes. Normally, what we do is we just watch an episode and then talk about it. If you're new here, this isn't the normal format. So, welcome to uh, to a new way we're doing Love at First Contact. This was supposed to be our first video episode, my darling, wasn't it? Yes. But, unfortunately, we're not quite ready for prime time. So... <laughs> Uh, we'll get there, though. We've got a lot of work. The set is coming along. What do you think, though? I haven't really asked you. You kind of helped build it, but not really. No. <laughs> no, you were, you were present. You, yeah. were, you were doing yard work for no reason at the middle of the night. It was I, needed. But I was I was spray painting. So, But welcome, babe. Welcome back, my number one. I'm Sam, and joining me, as you've already heard, is... Safai. So welcome back. What are we doing today, baby? Um, we watched a documentary. Yeah, you, thanks for spoiling the end of the episode. So Sorry! This is the Black History Month special. You said, what are we doing today? That's what we're I'll, doing. I thought you would remember that this is the Black History Month. We're doing more than just the documentary. This is probably going to be a bit of a long episode, and if it goes over 30 minutes, I think I'm going to split it in half. So this might be our first, second two-parter, because we've had one two-part episode already. I forgot. So... But what are we doing today? You don't really know. I've, I've kept this a little mysterious. So what we're going to do is I've compiled a list of, I think, about six, seven uh, things. Like two pages. It's four pages. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> uh, about six uh, or seven, I think maybe seven, um, characters in Star Trek who are played by black actors. Um, <laughs> and who not only were they, they black, but they broke either stereotypes and boundaries, or they were a major, major step forward in the Star Trek universe. Why are we doing this, dear? Because it's Black History Month, <gasps> and the Black History Month is, is important. So I thought, since we're a diverse podcast, and we're a Star Trek podcast, that we should, we should do what Star Trek's mission is. Um, and so I made a couple changes uh, to our show. You did? Because of that. Yeah. When did you do that? Well, I, I cut this out of an episode recently, but I I like role-playing <laughs> in Star Trek. I like LARPing, so to speak. So whenever the opportunity came to build a set for Star Trek, I went a little overboard. And not, a little? A little. Not only have I developed a, a century-spanning lore for our ship, but it has a name, its own unique class. I've designed the class using Star Trek Online. I fly around in it, so... But only a little overboard. A little overboard. I have a career profile that goes mm -hmm. back to the, the 2370s. I actually, the other night, went to Memory Alpha, and I... Were you I, doing all this while I was asleep? You were next to me while I was doing some of this. <laughs> I was literally... I, I was like, I'm 27 years old. If I use the most recent episode of Picard as the modern day, uh -huh. and then I count back 27 years, when was I born? That's what I was curious in, and I found out I'm a war baby. I was born during the Dominion War. <laughs> so... Oh. If I was born on Earth, too, I lived through the only major attack on Earth in 200 years. What about me? Um, well, you're a civilian. Who, who the hell knows what you're doing? But uh, our, uh, I've decided in the lore our ship is on a historical mission. We're, we're traveling to these planets visited by the Enterprise, Enterprises and Voyager and the Defiant and Discovery. And we're, we're talking about it. Um, so eventually I plan to do a website where there'll be a fun little interactive section where you can see what our crew is up to. This is a lot. I know, but I have fun doing this kind of shit. So welcome, welcome to my life. Um, <laughs> so, but here's what I've done. So back to get us back on track, because as always, I have to get us off track. Um, I have written, um, written down about six different characters of Star Trek. Some of them you'll know, some of them you probably won't yet. Um, because of them you won't remember, but you've seen the episodes. I made sure that the characters I pointed out were in episodes that you had seen so far, or were uh, so important that they allowed me to break our prime directive. 
Okay. So, and um, you guys might hear noises in the back. That's our dog. One of the big things about our set, uh, which I'm excited for, is I plan to leave the door, take the ball away. He's already squeaking it. He took it. He, he's, for a chief engineer, he's a little bit of a, a wild guy. Yeah. So, but, uh, so, whenever we have video podcasts, I've decided we'll leave the door open. And whoever wants to make their merry way in here can. So, you mean mainly our dog. Our dog, Kylo, Hoshi, and Pabu, our cats. The cats don't really do that. No, they don't. But, I mean, they might, if we're down here enough. And if we're doing a big live stream, they might. So look forward to video podcasts. But let's, let's go ahead and jump right into my stuff, and then we've got some stuff with Safai down the line. So I'm going to go character by character. I kind of tried to put these in order of series they appeared in, but I did not do a good job of that. So... I can already tell because the second one's a TNG character, and then the third one goes right back to TOS. Wow, so, nice going. Um, let's start with Richard Daystrom. Do you remember Richard Daystrom? Nope. Daystrom was a scientist. He invented the evil computer that took over the Enterprise and made it blow up the Constitution. Uh, is that the guy that's on the episode of Lower Decks? No. No? No. No? Uh, no. The Daystrom Institute, I believe, is reference, though. I don't remember this. So, yeah. No. Richard Daystrom. He... Black actor, mm. evil computer. You like that episode too. Maybe I think I was he tall. Yes, he was very tall. Okay. Um, okay. He was played by William Marshall. Um, I'll, I'll also want to make a note before I start this list. I've left off um, Strange New World characters. So I've left off Strange New World characters just because we're going to talk about the original actors who played those characters. Mm -hmm. So if I don't mention people like Doctor, or Do the Doctor, Doctor Mbenga. Who is who's black? He's the first black doctor in Star Trek. Probably, oh, really? Probably actually should have put him on the list now that I think about this because wow. he was the first black chief physician. Of Maybe the Star next Trek. year. Maybe next year. So, but let's go ahead. Richard Daystrom. He was played by William Marshall, uh, a legendary actor for early days of television. Uh, he was blacklisted for supposed connections uh, to the Communist Party, but continued to be able to act, unlike many others who ended up on the list. Do you know about the the blacklist? Um, like what it is? Or, yeah, yeah. Like that's when they're like, oh, like you kind of got banned or booted yes. out of working anywhere in Hollywood. So it was because of the Communist Party. If you oh, had ever been affiliated with the Communist Party, you were blacklisted and unallowed to act. People who ended up unfortunately having to go through this, uh, there are some pretty big names. I thought that was just for like any other thing too. Like, I mean, the the term blacklist is like that, but when you're talking about the blacklist in this context, it's about the, the communist blacklist, which oh, lasted okay. until the mid-70s, or 70s, I believe. So, um, it's a really interesting thing. It was kind of also spearheaded by John Wayne, one of my favorite trouble, troubled actors. So, okay. um, during the 1980s, he played the king of cartoons on Pee-wee's Playhouse. You ever watch Pee-wee's Playhouse? No, but I've heard of it. It's wacky. Um, after Gilbert Lewis stepped out of the role, uh, so he was pretty big up until the 90s, uh, he won an Emmy for his performance in As Adam Early in the Morning, uh, which I believe was in the 70s. I did not take a note on that. He passed in 2003 from Alzheimer's disease, which is very sad, but he broke stereotypes by appearing in Trek as a brilliant scientist, and his character would continue to be referenced in er every era of Trek except for Enterprise. Really? And, and the only reason he's not mentioned in Enterprise is because that's before his character was born. Hmm. So... Thank you, uh, William Marshall, for playing a wonderful character and Richard, a, a, tr a wonderful troubled character in, in Richard Daystrom. The next one's one you'll know, um, Guinan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Guinan was played by Whoopi Goldberg. Yep. Uh, she watched Star Trek as a kid and is uh, is quoted as having said to her mother as a child upon seeing Nichelle Nichols on screen, Mama, there's a black lady on TV and she ain't playing no maid. 
Well, so, I mean, she's right. She's right. Nichelle Nichols was uh, pretty big for that. We'll talk about that at the end, because Nichelle's our, our big end cap. Okay. So, uh, started her career in a film known as Citizen. I'm not losing my mind. I'm giving it away. Whoopi did? Whoopi did. She was nominated for Best Actress for The Color Purple. Uh, shortly after, she worked with LeBar Bur- or she asked LeBar Burton to ask uh, Gene Roddenberry to get her on TNG, and he wouldn't believe it. Because why would an Academy Award-nominated actress want to be on a syndicated science fiction TV show? She would go on to win the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress in Ghost. Have you ever seen Ghost? With she Pat- was in Ghost? She was in Ghost with Patrick Sainz. I've never seen it, but I know... I think wow. she was the second most important character in that. Okay. Um, uh, and would bring her Oscar to set. We'll talk about that down the line. Yeah, you told me about that. Yeah, that's really funny. We'll talk about it. I think I talked about it on The Child. I'm not familiar. Uh, here are her awards that she has won. One Oscar, one Grammy, two Daytime Emmys, a British Academy of Film Award, two Golden Globes, a Saturn Award. Uh, she won uh, for Ghost and was nominated for TNG. I'm not surprised. A Drama Desk Award, an Outer Critics Choice, or an Outer Critics Circle Award, and a Theater World Award. She's one Tony away from from an EGOT. So, what is that? EGOT. Yeah. Um, Emmy, Golden Globe, Oscar, and Tony. Oh. Yeah. EGOT. She's very close. She's one award away. She could totally do it too. She played uh, she played Pseudolus, my favorite character in the revival of my favorite musical, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum, a character that I've always wanted to play. I've never heard of that musical. It's amazing. We should watch it. Um, Guinan is to believe the believed to be the last character created by Gene Roddenberry before his death. So, thank you, Gene, for giving us Guinan, and thank you, Whoopi Goldberg, for giving us an amazing performance as Guinan. Uh, Commodore Stone, we're jumping back to TOS. <laughs> uh, he was the in the episode Court Martial, where Kirk is put on trial for the death of a man that he didn't actually get killed. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. He was the Commodore, he was the Admiral. Yeah. Um, not only did Star Trek give us a pioneering black scientist in its second season, but in its first season it gave us Commodore Stone the first black admiral in Starfleet. The same year the character Stone appeared in Court Martial would be the same year the U.S. Navy would appoint its first black captain in Samuel L. Gravely Jr., and a few short years later, he would be promoted to admiral and become the first black admiral in the United States. Wow. Uh, when uh, he was uh, Commodore Stone was played by Percy Rodriguez, who was known for playing roles not normally given to black actors. Lawyers, doctors, scientists, admirals, he broke stereotypes in every role he was in, pretty much. Mm. He would later go on to appear in T.J. Hooker. Do you remember what T.J. Hooker is? No. T.J. Hooker is a cop show that starred a little, mm. not really mainstream actor known as William Shatner. Oh. So that was William Shatner's big other show. Oh, I didn't know so, he made anything else, really. Yep. He narrated Captain EO. Do you know about Captain EO? No. It was a Disney World ride. That was directed by George Lucas, Star Wars, Willow, Indiana Jones, and direct or written by George Lucas, and then directed by Francis Ford Coppola. It's not still there, right? No, sadly. Yeah, I'm like... Yeah, it was an Epcot thing. You know where, oh. um, I think where Figment is? Yeah. I think it used to be in the Pyramid. Oh, and then, so, they, and then they put Or the, the theater. Remember where the theater is, where they do the cartoon thing next door to that? I never went in there either, so I would not be surprised. Theater thing. There's a theater attached to the Figment ride. There is? Yes, and they show like a cartoon thing in there. 
Oh, is that where they can also like do the little doodles? No, that's at Animal Kingdom, actually. Oh, okay. It's weird. I worked there, so I know that. Um, but it was in there. Uh, it was directed by Francis Ford Coppola, who directed The Godfather, Apocalypse Now, and the 1990 Dracula, which is referred to as the best Dracula ever made. Um, and it starred a musician. Can you guess which musician starred in this ride at uh, Disney World? What time period again? 1990s. 1990. Uh, He's one of the biggest black pop stars to ever grace our planet. Uh, uh, Come on. I, I don't know why I'm thinking Chris Brown, and I know it's not no, Chris Brown. No, it's not Brown. Chris Brown. Uh, um, no, he no, was no, huge. No, no, no. Um, um, ooh. Known for his moonwalking. Oh, uh, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. It starred Michael Jackson and... Not only did Percy Rodriguez star in Star Trek, but he narrated Captain EO. <laughs> so uh, he passed away on September 6, 2007 at the age of 89. So thank you. Uh, I don't know why I didn't put your name at the top like I did all the others. Percy Rodriguez for playing Commodore Stone and giving us a wonderful Admiral in Star Trek. And we miss you and wish you could be in the new Star Trek. Mm. What's uh, next? Jordy LaForge. Who? Played by LeVar Burton. The... the what do you, do, he knows who Jordy is? See, and he's upset you don't know. I don't know <laughs> sure. if that picked up on the mic. I really sure hope that picked is. up on the mic. Um, played by Lavar Burton, Jordy LaForge is the chief engineer of the Starship Enterprise NCC one seven zero one D and wears a visor. That is impressive. You can say that that fast. I know. Uh, he made his acting debut in Almost a Man, which was a uh, movie or TV show. I don't remember. Uh, but really made a splash with Roots in 1977, where he played Kunta Kinte. Have you ever seen Roots? No. That's probably something we should watch together. I know. He was nominated for an Emmy for that, but he did not win. And I'll be honest with you, that is a shame. because <laughs> I know, Jasper, that's a shame, because that man deserved an Emmy for that. <sighs> After Roots, he went on to create Reading Rainbow um, okay. in 1983 until its cancellation. And he starred in it until its cancellation in 2006. He would cross over with TNG in one very fun episode where he teaches the audience how to do the transporter effect. Hey. Uh, he was able to bring Reading Rainbow back to life in 2014. Burton also has a podcast called LeVar Burton Reads, where each episode he reads a short story. Oh, he's still alive? Yes. <laughs> if you let me finish my questions. <laughs> uh, while he's most known for his on-screen role as Chief Engineer Jordy LaForge in TNG, LeVar Burton would go on to direct multiple episodes of TNG, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise. Good for him. Um, I don't think he has come back for Discovery like his friend, uh, none other than William Riker himself, Jonathan Frakes, but I do hope they let him direct. Because I'll be honest with you, there are two ways to know your Star Trek episode is good. One, Jonathan Frakes directed it. Two, LeVar Burton directed it. So Why? It's just every episode, LeVar, excuse you, Jasper, every episode uh, that LeVar Burton or Jonathan Frakes has directed has gone on to be referred to as the best episode of its season. Really? Yes. So, an amazing What makes actor. it, like, the best? The storyline and just his, his way of directing. Okay. He also cameos, I forgot to put this in here, cameos in an episode of Voyager as Captain LaForge of the USS Challenger. In, like, one episode or all the episodes? In an episode in an alternate timeline. Okay. Uh, he will be returning to Trek in Picard Season 3, which is airing right now on CBS... Are on Paramount Plus. Look at you, not CBS. We're not even sponsored. I just wow. please go watch Picard season. You didn't three. even say the right network. The cool thing is though that joining him on screen is his real life daughter, who will be driving us across the cosmos as Ensign Alondra LaForge. I love his daughter. 
What? I do. She's been in a lot of stuff I watch. She's a cosplayer. Mm -hmm. um, and she's appeared on, I can't remember her name, and I feel really, Mika, Mika, Mika Burton. Mika. Mika Burton. So she has been on Rooster Teeth. She was a host on one of my favorite gaming channels, or former favorite gaming channels, uh, before she left. When she left, I stopped watching. Why? Um, it just wasn't the same. She was a really great actress, though, in that, or not actress, but she was funny, and, and she deserved to be on there longer, in my opinion. Next one's a big one, and you will not know this name, but let me tell you, you are going to love him. His name is Benjamin Sisko, captain uh. of the USS Defiant and commanding officer of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. He was played by Avery Brooks, an amazing actor who unfortunately is no longer acting. Sisko was the first black captain of a Star Trek series and would go on to lead the crews of Deep Space Nine and the USS Defiant for seven seasons. Probably best known for Spencer uh, for Spencer for Hire, where he played Hawk, a recurring character and kind of the main character's sidekick. After three seasons as Hawk, he got his own show as a man called, which was called A Man Called Hawk. Mm. Uh, Brooks would continue this role. Uh, would continue the role. This made Brooks only the fourth black man in American history to act in a starring role in a first-run TV series. Oh. Do you know who right before him was the third? No. Bill Cosby. Oh. We don't talk about him anymore. I kind of forgot about Cosby. Yeah. I did too, honestly, until I was doing this. This is my favorite part of this. Brooks beat a hundred other actors for the role of Cisco. Uh, I'm going to read some of these off, and I think you're going to know a couple of these. You ready? Okay. Peter Capaldi. No. Nope. The twelfth Doctor on Doctor Who. I don't watch Doctor Who. Richard Dean Anderson. Uh, sounds familiar. Colonel Jack O'Neill in Stargate SG-1 and and Maverick. And Maverick. Never seen it. Maybe not Maverick. What movie was it? What is it? Um... Not Maverick. It's not Maverick. Is it Mac? It's something with an M. Hang on. Is it uh, Mac? This is going to bug me in the audience if I don't look it up. And they're going to... MacGyver. <laughs> MacGyver. He was MacGyver and MacGyver, guys. I'm so sorry. Please make fun of me in the comments. James Avery. Do you know who James Avery is? Sounds familiar. If you saw him, you would recognize him because he was Uncle Phil on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, he's dead now. Yeah, sadly. <laughs> um, he actually had, before this, a, like auditioned to play Worf. Really? Which I could not see, but yeah, I can't see funnily that. enough, in Star Trek Enterprise, he does appear as a Klingon. <laughs> he is the main Klingon bad guy can for three like, episodes. Oh yeah, it's totally him. Okay. You can tell it's him. Are we watching that episode? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, That's okay. a very that okay. explains why the Klingons went from having ridges to no ridges to back to having ridges. So it's a very important episode, actually. Okay. Um, Pierce Brosnan. Do you know who Pierce Brosnan is? Nope. He was James Bond. <laughs> Never seen James uh, Bond. He wasn't interested in a TV show at the time, but funnily enough, one of the leading ladies in his James Bond series was none other than the actress who plays Philippa Giorgio in Star Trek Discovery. Mm. Um, Michelle Yao, who was just in Everything All Everything All at Once Everywhere, something like that. Uh, really great movie. I have not seen it yet, but I hear wonderful things about it. Everything All, all at Once? Yeah, Everything All at Once. Everything Everywhere All at Once. No, never. We should watch it. I hear it's like amazing, and it won like a hundred Oscars or something. Clancy Brown, you know who Clancy Brown is. Come on, Mister mm -mm. Krabs on SpongeBob. Oh wait, 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 wait. She played Krabs. No, I'm talking about the next actor. Sorry, I've moved on to my list. Oh, Clancy Brown <laughs> almost played Benjamin Sisko. Okay. Uh, he's known for SpongeBob, Shawshank Redemption, Starship Troopers, and Highlander. He would later appear as a lot of people on this list. He actually. played SpongeBob. He played Mr. Krabs. He still plays Mr. Krabs. Oh. Uh, he has played Mr. Krabs since the start of the show. Yeah, I'm as well as SpongeBob. Would later appear in Enterprise, as like I said, a lot of people on this list would. Uh, James Cromwell. You don't know who James Cromwell is. He was in Babe, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, and many, many more. The baseball movie. Which one? Babe. 
No, the pig movie. Oh, right. I always get them mixed up. Really? Well, isn't there another... Called Babe Ruth, about Babe Ruth. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Um, he would appear in six Star Trek episodes in one film. Really? Yeah, he was actually just in Star Trek in Lower Decks. He appeared as his character from the movie. Uh, that was really fun. It was a great cameo. He got to have a lot of fun with it. He literally got to be a theme park attraction. So, like, he was doing, like, Hi, explorers! I'm just getting things ready here. Make sure you deposit all food and drink inside the nearest trash bin and prepare for warp tin excitement or something along those lines. Made me laugh because we both used to be theme park employees. <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne. You know who Lawrence Fishburne is? Sounds familiar. Matrix, John Wick, Apocalypse Now, Boys in the Hood, and Blackish. Uh, he played, um,. I've seen Blackish. He played, he's the grandpa in Blackish. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's Lawrence Fishburne. Um, and he was, man, I cannot think of his Matrix character. People are making fun of me for this one, too. I have not seen the Matrix. Uh, I have, and I should know this. Uh, not Neo. What's the main guy? Morpheus. He played Morpheus. I'm like, I don't watch the movie. Why are you asking me? I don't know. Morpheus. He, he played Morpheus. <laughs> Where was I? Hang on, I lost my spot. The Lawrence grandpa. Fishburne. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, and then Bruce Greenwood. Do you know who Bruce Greenwood is? Nope. You're going to laugh when I, I read off this list because I put a joke in here. Uh, he was in films such as The Core, iRobot, 13 Days, and he went on to appear as Christopher Pike in the first two reboot films of Star Trek in 2009. Wait, who was he in iRobot? I don't remember. Because I love that movie. I do too. Well, you're really going to laugh at this because he's in a show you're currently watching. Oh, is, is it? The, the, he's the guy the, in the residence who I always point out, oh, he was in Star is Trek. Is it AJ? Is he the bad guy? Oh, no, no. The, the older guy who I was like, oh, he was in Star Trek. Oh, the CEO dick guy? Yeah, he's, he was, <laughs> he, he was, his name is. Uh, he was Dr. Bell? He was Dr. Bell. Oh, and he God. still is. I know. I put, and the resident question mark? It's a message him. Uh, the next one shocked me to my core because one of the finalists that Brooks directly beat out for the role and was actually interested in the role was James Earl Jones. Why? Why am I shocked about that? Yeah. That was Mufasa in The Lion King. I mean, Mufasa... Darth Vader in every Star Trek movie <laughs> and the voice of CNN for like... Four and decades. Was the voice of CNN. Every every time between breaks, they would say they would have a little bumper that said, "This is CNN." <laughs> 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 it, it was that's that's entertainment tonight. Ah, oh, come on. Um, Ted Levine. He was in Silence of the Lands, Monk, the 1999 horrible film Wild Wild West. Haven't you watched Monk? Yeah, I love Monk, okay. and I, I love the 1999 Wild Wild West. And most recently, he was in Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. Mm, who was he in there? He was the douchebag hunter who tried to cut off the Indominus Rex's claw. Oh, and he got killed. Yeah, because the Indominus Rex was like, way too smart and faked being asleep, and yeah. it, like tore his arm off. Uh huh. It was fucking it was brutal. Impressive. Yeah. Terry O'Quinn, you don't know who Terry O'Quinn was. He's in Lost, The Rocketeer, and appeared in one episode of TNG as a corrupt admiral. That episode is Pegasus, one of my favorite episodes, and an episode we're going to have to technically watch twice, weirdly uh, enough. Wait, what? Why twice? Because, weirdly enough, well, I don't know if we're going to watch it twice, or if I'm going to do something really weird and make us watch two episodes at once. What are you doing? So the series finale of Enterprise technically takes place during this episode of TNG. And so you could technically cut this episode. I've seen it in the early days of YouTube, there was a cut where there would be the TNG episode and then it would cut to the Enterprise episode and then it would cut back to TNG and then it would cut to Enterprise and it would do that until the end. Okay. And it's a really fun way to watch it and it makes it a lot better because it's a very bad episode. Are we, almost, very... are we almost there? Oh, hell no. Um, uh, I know there's a lot of names in this, guys, and I'm sorry, but some of these names are so huge, it's crazy. This is the last one. 
Carl Weathers, who played Apollo Creed in four of the Rocky movies. Oh, wait, wait. Did I see him when we were... You remember the guy who gets killed by Ivan Drago when I was dying in the hospital? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, this movie's my favorite movie. I really want to watch it. And I know you don't care, but I want to watch it. I mean, I wasn't really and paying attention. then we attention. watched three Rocky movies in Creed. Um, I mean, we were there for a while. We were. We literally were there for three Rocky movies in Creed. So, you know, it's like eight hours. Um, uh... He, or was it Carl? Oh, I skipped Tony Todd. Um, but Carl Weathers was in Predator, Happy Gilmore, Toy Story 4, and is currently starring as Grief Karga in The Mandalorian. I did not watch Toy Story 4. I haven't either. Yeah. Um, but They're making a Toy Story 5. He is a very um, noticeable voice, a very noticeable figure, and is a badass. And out of everyone who's ever been in, in Star Wars, probably my favorite person. Um, Tony Todd? Who is known for Candyman, Night of the Living Dead? He, wait, is he the is he the Candyman? Yeah. Oh, wait, Tony. wait, in, in the new one or the old one? Both. He's in the new one as a cameo, I think. But he, okay. in the old one, he was the Ooh, Candyman. Oh, that was scary. Yeah. So that's Tony Todd. Deep voice, amazing look. Would have been perfect for Ben Cisco, but Avery Brooks beat them all. Uh, he did play Worf's brother Kern in TNG and Deep Space Nine, and I'm excited to tell you we are two episodes away from the Kern episode in our actual episode rewatch. Really? Uh, where we're at, because we are a bit ahead. Uh, he directed multiple episodes. Okay, so now we're back to Avery Brooks. I should probably say that. Yes. So this is these are the actual Avery Brooks facts. He directed multiple episodes of Deep Space Nine, including Far Beyond the Stars, a breathtaking and deeply impactful episode that for the first time put racial segregation and the treatment of black artists directly in the spotlight on a Star Trek stage. Woohoo! Um, I can't wait to get to that episode. It makes me cry every time. Um, I, I want to tell a story that I was going to save for that episode. So there's a scene in that episode where, where Avery Brooks' character, Benjamin Sisko, has to break down. Mm -hmm. Because he's a writer for a science fiction magazine. Mm -hmm. And the magazine cut his story. Why? Because he's black. Oh. Um, it was amazing. All of his colleagues agreed. And they cut it. And he said... Um, I, don't, I don't want to quote it, but he, he had a, his character is supposed to have a full breakdown supposed to fully just fully break down and be like did he break down yeah and he didn't come out of character why um he got jasper your chief engineer stop breaking the ship um he got so deeply into the character and as the director the episode was so deep that when he did that breakdown he he couldn't come out of character and he was fully sobbing and like what was he upset about the treatment of of his race. Oh, like, um, okay. Cause, yeah. like, you know how, like, some people, like, they obviously use, like, something... No, this was... this. He directed this episode. I think he helped write it and, like, was fully involved in the process, and he broke down, and Nana Visitor said that she just sat there on the floor cradling him. And you can see in the episode, she instantly goes, whenever he goes down, she goes down with him and, like, holds on to him mm -hmm. and makes sure that he knows that there are people there that care about him. That's why I love Nana. If I could have anyone on this Who's podcast... That? Nana Visitor, she plays fucking Kira Norris. You, uh, you haven't met her yet. Mm -hmm. You haven't met any of these people yet. Um, I would love if, if by some weird chance, one of our listeners knows not a visitor and wants to be like, hey, there's this podcast that would love to have you on. I I will fight tooth and nail to get this lady on our podcast. You say that for everybody. There is no one I would love to interview more than not a visitor. See, Jasper wants not a visitor to come on too. Actually, he wants his ball. There you go. Buddy. He is very vocal. Um. So, uh, and I have a cute story. I dressed up as as a Bajoran whenever I first met her at a convention. I was like twelve. 
Do you still have? Uh, no, even I don't now. have the nose anymore. I, do, I have the uniform. I, it don't has have a the nose. nose? I, she has a nose, like a little nose prosthetic. That's I've the, never seen this deer. I know. So, so you've like, seen Bajorans before. I don't remember what they look like. They have little like nose ridges. Uh, anyway, I dressed up like that, even put her earring on, and it was her nose and her earring, and she noticed that, and she just had this big smile and started laughing, and she was like, "You're so cute," and I was like, "Thank you." Uh, um, that was the part of the the convention where Jonathan Frakes also made me laugh and noticed how nervous I was and like made me laugh with Prince Spider. I had I had Captain Pips on, and he he saw that and he pointed and he said. Spiner, look at this. He's 12 and he's already a captain. It took me 17 years to do that. And I was like, I was on the floor laughing because of how great she, or they all were. They were all amazing. All Star Trek actors are amazing. Um, Brooks has left the public eye, sadly. Um, but after Deep Space Nine, he went on to teach at multiple universities and is a fabulous musician. In an interview recently on the podcast The Seventh Rule, which is hosted by uh, Sirach Lofton, who played his son in Deep Space Nine, he said that Brooks has not retired from acting and instead has been blacklisted from Hollywood. Why? Because he's black. Oh, still? Yeah. So but, because wait. in the 1990s he played such important black characters, uh, it is believed that Hollywood won't hire him because it's just he's too powerful, honestly. That's stupid. If I he's know. so powerful, wouldn't he be able to break? Oh, hey, if he was acting today, I have no doubt every Oscar would go to him. That man, if that man can beat James Earl Jones to get a role on TV, I I think he deserves to be, like, one of the most highly regarded actors of the 20th century. And I do, I do regard Avery Brooks as that, that powerful. And Avery Brooks is just, I've never gotten to meet him. I was at the last convention he appeared at, and I was too nervous to go up to him. So I didn't do that. Um, should have did it. I should have. I regret doing, not doing it now because he refuses to do Star Trek conventions. Um, next up is Worf, son of Moog, uh, played by Michael Dorn. His first appearance in anything, weirdly enough, was Rocky, uh, in an uncredited role as Apollo Creed's bodyguard. Not like Apollo Creed needs a bodyguard. <laughs> um, was a regular character on the cop show Chips. You ever heard of Chips? No. I think that's the one with the motorcycles. Uh, before starring in Star Trek. He holds the record to this day for most appearances as the same character in Star Trek. He has appeared in 175 episodes of TNG, 102 episodes of Deep Space Nine, four movies, and one episode of Webster. Mm. Webster is a sitcom. Okay. But I found out today, and I watched the whole episode before we, we recorded this. Of Webster? Of Webster, where Webster gets beamed onto the Enterprise and then hangs out with Worf. <laughs> and it's just like the biggest, like odd couple because Worf is like we don't do this in the, the 23rd century and he's like eh <laughs> so, it's very cute too it's cute to see Worf have a little little kid sidekick for an episode he defined the ultimate Klingon through his portrayal of Worf and it can honestly be said that he has the most development over his many many appearances in Trek Worf will go on to be promoted get married get divorced lose his wife and get almost demoted and get a severe reprimand that will impact him through the rest of his Jesus. career. It is actually stated in the episode that because of this reprimand, he will never command a starship. We're past 30 minutes. We're so close to the end. I'm going to keep going. Um, command a starship. But it's hinted that Worf was the last captain of the Enterprise E and the first captain of the Enterprise F. Mm. And we'll find out. Is that the Enterprise you were freaking out and telling me about? Yes, and I'm still pissed. And we'll talk about that when we get to Picard. But uh, Worf and Michael Dorn will return to this season of Star Trek Picard. Why? On Paramount Plus, because they're bringing the gang back together. This is season eight of TNG. Um, okay. With Picard with the triumphant return of Worf. Um, next up, and finally, is someone new who you definitely haven't met. 
Captain Michael Burnham. The nope. first mutineer of Starfleet. Played by Sonequa Martin-Green. Known for her roles in The Walking Dead, she started her oh. Trek journey in 2017, becoming the first black actress to lead a Star Trek show. Was she the lady with the swords? Nope. No? I don't think so. She's someone else. Mm, um, I, don't, I don't watch it too much anymore. I don't either. I've never I've never seen it. <laughs> she is also the f uh, now the first black female captain of a Star Trek show. Uh, she started as the first officer and would be demoted, re-promoted, and then promoted to captain. So she has a huge journey. She has won multiple Saturn Awards, I think four, for Best Actress on Television for her role in Star Trek Discovery. Uh, she continues to star in Disco, and as Disco is the flagship show of this era of Trek, she is at the helm of the entire franchise. Wow. And probably the most important captain currently on screen. And you've got to remember, she's right next to Picard right now. Really? Yeah. She's How? Because... So when you look at the eras of Star Trek, there are three eras. Uh huh. There's the golden, or there's the the origin era, which is the 1960s mm -hmm. of Star Trek, the original series. That era lasted until 19 the 1980s. Yep. Um, and then in 1987, TNG comes about, and that starts the golden age. The golden age will go until 2005, when Enterprise is canceled. Okay. Then the dark age, which is between 2005 <laughs> and 2009, when there's nothing Star Trek related anywhere. Okay. 2009 starts the reboot era, which is where J.J. Abrams takes the helm and becomes captain of Star Trek. He would go on to produce three movies and maybe a fourth that's still in the works, but it's completely a new timeline. Nothing in the other one happened, and it's all thanks to Spock. We'll get there. Spock's dead. Is he, though? I mean, the actor is, is past, but this is before that. Um, and then after uh, the reboot era in 2017, the next era starts, as I call it, with Discovery. Discovery would be the first Star Trek show to return to TV and would continue on for four seasons with a fifth on the way and will probably become the first Star Trek series since 1999 to go for seven seasons. So, crossing my fingers, and I truly hope it does. There's only one way to know a Star Trek series does well. It either does three seasons or it does seven. If it's anywhere in between or below, didn't do good. Okay. So we got Why three and seven. Because every Star Trek series that has been regarded as successful has gone for either three or seven series. That's really random. Well, TNG, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager all went for seven. TOS went for three. Enterprise went for four. That's very random still, yeah. though. Enterprise wasn't fair. Enterprise should have been canceled and they should bring Enterprise back. Um, so that, that completes my list. Okay. What do you think of all these black characters and black actors in Star Trek? I think that it's a lot. Uh, I don't know half of them. <laughs> you haven't met half of them yet. No. Um, I think it's great that there's so much happening. Um, well, I mean, they, it was it was obviously getting to become a more diverse time period. So I'm not really surprised that there's so many of them within the series, you know? Yeah, and I mean, Star Trek has always been a diverse show, since it first appeared at, uh, you know, in the 60s. So, and there are some special mentions I want to mention before we move on to our next part. Um, these are, I put it as honorable mention, but honestly, a lot of these were hard to cut, because I did want to talk about them. Mm -hmm. uh, two of them in particular. The first one, Sirach Lofton, who played Jake Sisko, one of my favorite characters. Oh, excuse me. Oh, my goodness. Sirach uh, Lofton pretty much started his career, I believe, with Deep Space Nine, and and just would go on to just perfectly embody the role of a father and a son through his performance with, with uh, Avery Brooks as his father and him as a son. And they, they had that dynamic off-screen, too. 
Really? Avery Brooks took Sorok often to his first baseball game. Aww. When they were together at events or in private, he would refer to him as, this is Sorok, my son. Aww. So they had an amazing relationship on and off screen, and I can't, I really, I know I say it every episode, you have no idea how excited I am with every episode we get through that we're just this close to Deep Space Nine. <laughs> um, Alf, 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 oh my goodness. Alfie Woodward? I want uh, Woodard? I don't know how to pronounce her name, and I'm so sorry. She played Lily Sloan in Star Trek First Contact, um, one of the most powerful leading ladies in Star Trek, and Jonathan Frakes' godmother. Never see that. Um, we'll get there. Bill Cobbs, who played Emery Erickson. Bill Cobbs is an amazing actor, um, known for hundreds of thousands of roles in both science fiction and everything, really. Uh, he played Emery Erickson, who invented the transporter. That's important. Yeah. And, of course, Penny Johnson, who played Cassidy Yates in Star Trek Deep Space Nine. She's one of my favorite characters in Deep Space Nine, and she would go on to become Jake's stepmother when she becomes Cassidy Yates Sisko. Who's Jake? Jake, Jake Sisko. We just talked about him. Oh, oh, sorry. I haven't met him yet, It's though. okay. No, not yet. Okay, that's what I was uh, also really confused with. Before we move on to our next part about the documentary we watched, I do want to give credit to BlackSciFi.com. They had an amazing list of a lot of, like, the most prolific black actors and black characters in Star Trek. And they really helped me put this together. So go check out BlackSciFi.com and give them a look. Thank you guys for giving me a wonderful list to work off of and to build off of. All right. So to wrap this podcast up, because we've gone a little longer than I hoped, let's talk about Woman in Motion. Okay. What did you think of Woman in Motion? Now, Woman in Motion, before you, you answer, is a documentary about Nichelle Nichols. It covers her work both before, during, and after Star Trek, but mainly focuses on her, her role in bringing diversity to NASA. She recruited somewhere around a thousand astronaut candidates, and the, the first black man in space was recruited by Nichelle Nichols. Mm -hmm. So, what did you think? Um, I thought the movie was uh, uh slow. Yeah, movie. I thought it was pretty slow at first, but then it picked up. It's a documentary. I know, but like you know, I'm not really like a sciencey type of documentary person. Okay? It wasn't a sciencey documentary. Yes, it was. No, it was literally about an actress. You oh, didn't pay attention at all. Apparently. I did pay attention. It just it's not my usual documentaries that I watch, but I thought it was pretty good, especially like it was. Um, I mean, it was mainly just about Nichelle Nichols. Um. But that's the whole point. I, I, no, I, I let me finish. Okay. So, yeah, like it just started off with like obviously her childhood and how she started in Star Trek, and then it like ventured out, and like you learn a lot more about her. And like, I mean, I know you said she worked with Massa. Um, to I have me said before. that on, I've said that on the podcast, before yeah, too. but like I never knew exactly like how advanced that she worked with Massa. Like, basically, it was making it seem like if it wasn't for her, we wouldn't be where we where we are with having women and minorities working in NASA. Not just NASA, but probably the whole government. Well, yeah, but, like, you know, NASA's yeah, the main no, yeah, focus. Um, especially since, like, um, I don't know, it's just amazing. Like, she opened so many doors, and she, it was saying, like, she only did this for, like, four months, and she got, like, so many people. I think it said four years. And, no, it said four months. Did it? Was it really only She four only months? did it for four months. I know her company is, is still going, I believe. Let me actually Google and see if the company... I was asking you about that. Uh, yeah. Um, and, like, I just think it's, it's really cool that not only was, uh, you know, was Star Trek so involved, but, you know... Like, one actress can change 
how an entire organization works. Well, I mean, not even as one actress as one person. Like anybody can really do it, but she That's got right. she yeah. more uh, she got more of the upper game because she was a very no well known actress. So like she was even saying she's like oh like people let me come over and talk to them about what was going on because they knew me as a horror, but then at the end they really knew me as Nichelle Nichols. So, which is like. You know, obviously, what her main goal is. Like, she freaking met Martha Luther King and Obama. Like, they, and they were both like, uh, no, like, we're famous too, but we want to meet you. <laughs> so, that was pretty funny watching that. Um, so, yeah, like, it just kind of opens um, your mind to see how, like, anybody can really make a big change as long as you put an effort into it, you know? Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, because, like, one of my favorite NASA movies is Hidden Figures. Um, and it's about three main black women who really helped change the NASA program. And so that probably would have never really happened if she didn't start this off in the first place. So, Let me name a couple astronauts that she, she recruited real quick. Uh, Sally Ride, uh, Judith Resnick. Ronald McNair and Julian Bluford. Yeah, and three of them are gone. Three of them are gone. Two of them are gone. Two of them? Yeah. Uh, Judith Resnick and... Judy. Uh, Ju Judith Resnick, uh, who commanded, I think, Challenger? Did she command? She was on, on Challenger, sadly. Um, yeah, Judith Resnick and Ronald uh, McNair, who both flew successful missions during the space program. Um, and then another one of her candidates died on Columbia, right? I'm not wrong um, about that. I'm looking through here. Let's um, see. It doesn't, it doesn't say in here. I'm on her, her Wikipedia page. We just launched this documentary. I should know this. But <laughs> I do believe three of her candidates did pass away in, in the two major space accidents that we've yeah, had. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, no one's ever died in space. Really? Yeah, no one has ever died in space. Interesting. They, they just died getting to space. Just to space. Um, there's actually only been three major incidents in U.S. history. The Challenger, the Columbia, and Apollo 1. Well, I mean, that's kind of impressive, though. It is. For a, for a track record of hundreds of, of missions, I mean, to only have three that ended in, in sad tragedy. Yeah, and especially that no one has actually died in space. Yeah. I mean, it, it gives me a lot of hope. Mm -hmm. um, Nichelle first appeared in the film uh, Porgy and Bess in 1959 as a dancer. She was uncredited. And her last role was, um, well, her last role technically was it Star Trek. Yeah, it was twenty twenty two. It was Star Trek Prodigies, where um, she appeared through her voice um, as Neota Uhura one more time. Um, if she was still alive at that time, which I believe she had passed away by then, I'm sure she would have been happy to record her voice one more time. But it I is it is a very sweet episode. The episode um, Prodigies, which I don't I don't think we're gonna watch honestly okay uh wait no we have to uh, uh thanks janeway and chakotay um but and, and i'm just curious Joko. i was like why she like she could have been doing anything else and she decided that she wanted to do this so i'm just curious like why she really wanted to start this and do this you know well it says in the documentary she wanted you know whenever she was a, ch a kid and she was going to be an actress she said she wanted to open the door wide enough so that everyone in the industry could see the world. Mm -hmm. And not just the industry, but the world could see the world. And she did that. She absolutely did that. Mm -hmm. um, after her Star Trek appearance, she would be one of the very few actors from the original series not to return. Yeah, um, you told me that. The actors who have returned are, of course, uh, George Takei, William Shatner, 
and some others, but she sadly never came back to Star Trek. Well, she was busy chasing the world. Yeah, but it, it always makes me sad that, you know, Uhura didn't get a chance to, uh, to really appear uh, as an older statesman of Starfleet, because Neota Uhura, the character, lived long enough to see a young Jean-Luc Picard. Aww. And Jean-Luc Picard's first posting Aww. was on her ship. Um, in the academy, her she became the captain of an academy vessel um, and was the president of the Faster Than Light Club. Really? And she signed Jean Luc Picard's Faster Than Light Club certificate because wow. that she was he was uh, she was the captain of the first ship that he ever went faster than light on. Okay. So she's honored in Star Trek Picard's last season with the USS Uhura, um, and will continue to be honored as long as Star Trek exists. Okay. And as long as this podcast exists. Um, but that is really the end of yeah. our Black History Month episode. The first special episode we've ever had, um, not counting our First Contact Day special. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for being a part of this, baby. Of course. We'll do this every year. Um, I don't know what we'll do next year. We'll do one in, in July for uh, uh, Pride LGBTQ. Month. Yeah, I was thinking about the name. I couldn't think of what the name. <laughs> for Pride Month. Um, and, uh, you know, we thank you guys for listening to us every week. We passed a thousand listens. Oh, we did? This week, we did. You didn't tell me that. Um, well, this is optimistic because this comes out next week. And oh. we're, like, we're like a 980. <laughs> so I'm hoping I'm hoping that it comes out, uh, that we're at 1,000 by next week. But um, I really am hoping that we get our set done next weekend. And so after this episode, I'm hoping the next episode that comes out will be on our set. Yeah. And live, which we're, we're on recording it now. It's just there's a lot of work I have to do. We uh, we well, rushed this a little bit. Well, not not that, not not me, but Sam met our first in-person fan. I did. I wasn't going to talk about that. My CEO of the company I'm working for walked in the other day, and he said, "You're never going to believe this. My fiance knew your podcast." <laughs> and I was like, "Excuse me," and he was like, "Yeah, I told her you host this podcast," and she said, "Oh, I listen to that all the time." <laughs> and I had never met her before. She doesn't know anyone we know. She apparently learned about it through a friend of hers in California. <laughs> Who told her about it? Who we definitely don't know. Yeah. So it's just this crazy, crazy small world. Yes, and it really made me realize that, you know what? I'm not in an echo chamber. That <laughs> I'm not just talking to you and Jasper and our cats. That I people mean, are, are listening. But... And my mom, who listens every episode, I hope. So, <laughs> she uh, says she's behind. She is. She always says she's behind, which she is. But then she catches up. She'll be on a flight or something, yeah. and she'll listen to them all in order, and then she'll send me some angry text message about something I said about her. So <laughs> hasn't done that yet, but, ooh, it's coming. But, or that we're doing it for too long. Yes. So we've probably done this too long for mom's liking, so we better wrap up. But <laughs> uh, like I said, you know, thank you guys so much, and here's the next thousand, you know, as we boldly go forward. They may have demonetized us this week because we don't get 100 people a week, but we've definitely gotten over 100 listens. Um, but we'll be back next week with... Uh, Elementary Dear Data, a, a data episode for once. Um, a Data and Pulaski and Jordy episode, which is one of my favorite combos. What else is next week, babe? Nothing. My birthday! Your birthday is next it's week. It's my birthday! I know, so happy birthday to you, my love. Yay! Um, so we'll see you guys next week. Oh, wait, if you guys want to follow us, you guys can head over to Instagram um, at Love at First Pod. Um, and if you want to follow us on Patreon and give us a little support, Love at First Contact on there. So we've got cool stuff on there, like early episodes. And very soon, I started that process today, we're going to have merch. So finally, after talking about we merch, have a sticker? Long, we're going to have multiple stickers. Yay! So we're going to have stickers. Um, and then, uh, I also got to point this out, because I, I think the episode's already out, but we were I was just on an episode of Trexpert's Quiz as the scorekeeper, which is where me and Davey first started our partnership. 
So it's my third appearance on the show. Go so check it out. It's extremely funny. I got some good jokes in this time. He tried to get me on it. I did, almost. <laughs> Davey brought that up and said thank you to you, by the way. So, uh, But thank you guys for listening. And we'll be back next week with all the your data. Let's warp out of here. Power to the engines. I wish I had our panel. I wish we were on set. You know, I could do 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 do. Okay, bye.